Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is sports time as we are talking the divisional round in the National Football League playoffs. Joining me, as always, is Bill Needles. How are you, Bill? I am fantastic. Thank you, sir. All right. Great to have you with us. And rounding out our trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? I'm well, thank you. Ready to go. Good to have you guys back. And, And listen... You know, I listen to a lot of gambling podcasts out there, not just my own, although I do enjoy my own, but I, I listen to a lot of other gambling podcasts, and I, and I truly believe that the thing that sets the three of us apart from most gambling podcasts out there, I won't say everyone, but I will say most gambling podcasts, is that we are willing to come on a week after we take it on the chin and admit that, you know, we were wrong. We we had a bad weekend, and we, we steered you wrong. Uh, that said, we are right 52% of the time on this podcast. After five years, we can safely say that. Look at the stats. Uh, but, you know, so if you feel like fading, I, I encourage you to fade us <laughs> if you if you want to continue doing that because you'll only be right 48% of the time if you uh, if you fade <laughs> us. But, uh, yeah, we, we had a bad we had a bad wild card weekend. We had a, sorry, we had a bad super wild card weekend. So maybe maybe our synapses were just firing a little bit too much with the extra two games. Maybe we were, we were just having too much fun. I don't know, but uh, we're, we're, we're planning a bounce back. We are we are planning I, a, I will a bounce back. The game that I lost the most money on mm-hmm. uh, was Buffalo Indianapolis. Yeah, I had a lot of money on Buffalo. They did not cover. If you had told me before kickoff, Josh Allen was going 26 or 35, 324 yards and and a score, and then rushing for 54 yards and a score, I would have quadrupled my bet pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, uh, it just, I just, oh, okay, yeah, Buffalo should win by seven if those things happen, but it just was, it was a weird game. It was a weird game for Indianapolis, weird game for, like, uh, uh, just, Buffalo just couldn't get off the field. Uh, the Colts actually could have won that game with a couple of different decisions, but uh, yeah, Allen was friggin' phenomenal. It didn't matter. They still had a scrape by. Yeah, the Colts gave them their absolute best shot, I thought. Yep. And 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 they still ended up losing by well, this three. This is what we were talking about. This is what we were talking about. Like, yeah, the Colts played as well as they could. They they still lost by three. Buffalo got a very lousy draw. They got a seventh seed that was probably better than at least three, maybe four of the NFC playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly. I think, I think the bill, I think that the Colts are certainly better than the Rams, the Seahawks, the football team and the bears. So yeah, they're better than five of the seven NFL playoff, four of the seven NFL playoff teams, rather uh, NFC rather like that's, you know, that's, that's a pretty lousy draw for a seven seed. Yeah. And yeah, you Sorry, still need to win that game with a little better than that though. The Colts, like I, I think Buffalo has the talent to go very far, but they'll need to play better than that. They'll need to get a defense that can stop even a bad offense. I shouldn't say bad, but mediocre offense in Indianapolis. Well, so well, the Bills definitely didn't play as well they could have. We'll get to it, but their their defense is about to be tested this weekend. Yeah, too, too many. Th- it, it just it was too. They couldn't get off the field on third down. That's all it was. Like like Phil Phil Rivers had about close to a dozen third down conversions when it was between you know third and five to ten, 
basically, right? And it's like you got to get – if they would got off the field just once out of those, they probably would have covered. And, you know, we had the under, and the under definitely came through. But, you know, we were obviously tracking the – because we had uh, Buffalo minus the six and a half with the uh, with the under. So we were tracking the Colts' magic number, which, you know, ended up being 22. And if the Colts got to 22, there's no way we were going to scoop it. But, you know – we, there was a point there where we were like, okay, we got this. And, the, and the, you know, Buffalo or the Colts got the ball, I think, at the beginning of the fourth quarter with the Bills covering, covering and had the extra touchdown. They were up by 14, so we had the we had the wiggle room even if a mistake was made. So we were like, great. And then Rivers just carved him up down the field in less than two minutes and scored. But then Buffalo went back and scored right quick. And then Rivers again, less than two minutes, carved him up in like five plays and scored. And both of them had both of those drives had uh, uh, one or two third down conversions as well. It's just they couldn't get off the field on third down. And 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 I mean, we'll have to wait and see if that ends up being the uh, the folly for the uh, for the for the Bills. Colts were not seventeen on third down in that football game. Yeah, that's that's too many conversions. You can't you can't. You can't be doing that now. And we can talk about like they lost by three and Blankenship me, me, missed a chip shot. And there was that kind of, I thought, it, I thought it was bizarre to go for it on, uh, on fourth, fourth and four after they'd lost three yards from the, uh, yeah. The, uh, like yeah, to if, me, if you, if you know you're, if you know you're going for it on fourth down, why are you running a pitch play? That was the question I had. Yeah. Yes. On third down, I should say on third down, because if they had just run, Taylor runs up the middle and don't get it, and it's fourth and goal from the one. If that was the play, it, and they went for it, a fourth and goal from the one, that's different than going for it, fourth and four from the, fourth and goal from the four, right? Yeah. So you, the fact that you lost three yards on third down uh, should have at least made you think about it longer. I'm okay with going for it on fourth. I just didn't understand the third down play call. That was what I thought was strange. Yeah, you yeah. don't run high risk, high reward on third when you know you're going for it on fourth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. It should have just been Taylor up the middle twice, or or, or yep. just you know oh, somebody. See what you or get. maybe do that play where Brissett comes in and Rivers is playing receiver, mm-hmm. and the defense doesn't know what's happening until you actually line up, and Brissett just goes up the middle. They've yeah. got they've got the one yard they've needed to, to that. I don't know how many times this year, but it's 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 been quite a few. Um, so it's been a pretty. Uh, that's been a pretty effective play. I was surprised we didn't see that in that situation. You couldn't have run it on fourth down, of course, because it was fourth and four all of a sudden. But that could have easily been the play on third down, which a lot less downside if you don't get it. Had either of you two heard the phrase surrender index before the last weekend? Yes. You had? I had never heard of the surrender index before, but uh, I was yeah, obviously a, fascinated and went went on a pretty deep dive into the surrender yeah, index a, after I heard about a it. There's bit that uh, basically... Uh, uh, looks at uh, how uh, cowardly every punting decision is, mm-hmm. and when there's one like really bad, you know, it kind of gets retweeted all over the place. Um, but that Twitter bot was uh, not happy with a couple of punts this weekend. <laughs> yeah, specific one was the Vrabel punt with like seven minutes left, down two scores or whatever on it on their forty or whatever the heck it was. It was just like I remember seeing that. I I think I was at work when that happened and I had the game going on my phone, so I couldn't accurately flip out because I didn't want to, you know, you you know, piss off the few people that were still working with me. But because uh, this was pre-lockdown, but <laughs> like, good God. The hell was he thinking? Like that—that that was, and from Vrabel, the guy who said he would—he would—he would cut his Johnson off to win a Super Bowl, right? Like it's just—it's just like, what are you doing? That, is, that doesn't make a lick of sense. What he—what he was doing, but yeah, I'd never heard the phrase surrender index before, and that was. Uh, 
that that was something we we were very close to to punting just no longer being a thing in the NFL. We are we are I, I honestly think we're like two three years away from from punters being on. The I don't know if like line. fourth fourth and seventeen from your own thirty six is still a thing that's going to exist. True. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think between the forties and less than five, it'll be gone in a few years. Yeah. I think that's yeah. I think from your own for, from your own forty and down. Between the 40s and, uh, like, you know, from your own 40 and down, less than five, I think you're right, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's start our bounce back week and head into the divisional round matchups. Uh, first up, 435 on Saturday, the Los Angeles Rams, and it was announced today Jared Goff will be starting this game and Wolford will be unavailable. So I believe Blake Bortles, is it Blake Bortles will be activated and will be the backup QB for the Rams in this game? That's correct. Sure. All right, Blake Bortles, who has won playoff games before. Uh, they're taking. They're heading to Lambeau to take. Yes, true. They're heading on to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. Packers are currently minus seven. Here is the tail of the tape so far. Green Bay currently second in DVOA. Uh, they and the Rams are eighth in DVOA. Record against the spread. Packers ten and six. And the Los Angeles Rams nine and seven, so you know uh, Green Bay Packers slightly better than the Los Angeles Rams against the spread. The over/under for this game currently forty-five and a half. Neither of those lines have moved all week, so Vegas got it right with the uh, the seven and the forty-five and a half. Uh, where are you on this game, Bill? I, I think I like. Packers here. I, I think the Packers are going to be able to move the ball a little bit faster than the Rams. I don't know that the Rams are good enough on offense to take advantage of the Packers, let's say, beatable defense. Um, and, and I don't think the Rams will have an answer for the Packers offense because I don't think anyone's had an answer for the Packers offense all year. There's no reason to think the Rams are going to figure it out. Um, give me the Packers. And then the... I think I got to go with the over here i think the packers score points the rams are going to have to uh air it out so i'll take the over green bay minus seven with the over is bill's official prediction craig what do you think on rams packers and i mean they're really going to sell us on uh ramsey versus adams in this game right that's probably going to be the most fun aspect of this game is it not yes and i kind of like the rams Mm -hmm. i think that uh seven's a little because let's i think ramsey has a big game and he and Adams, if, if they play to a draw, and because like obviously a big chunk of the Packers' offense is we're just going to go to Adams, and you're not going to be able to stop it. So I think that the Rams are going to be able to move the ball on the ground, and I think that the Packers might have a little more trouble than normal throwing the ball. The Rams' defense is very well coordinated, so I want the seven points in this game. I think the Packers win, but I want the points. Um, they're going to need a couple of plays from people who aren't Devontae Adams to win this game. And I don't know if it's going to be Robert Tunyon. He might be the most likely guy. I think he's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if it's Equiminius St. Brown, who has a gorgeous name. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be Alan Lazard. Less good name. Uh, but <laughs> they're going to need a play from someone who is not Devontae Adams to win this football game. In, like from the, from, from the pass catchers. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Craig. I'm on, I'm on the Rams plus the seven in this one. I, I think this game is going to be because... Everybody's giving the Packers the NFC right now. I think this game will be a little bit closer 
than people think. The Rams are going to get at it grindy. Aaron Donald's probably going to play in this game. Now, will he be injected with something before this game? Probably. But uh, Aaron Donald is, is going to play in this game, and, and he's he's going to be given um, the Packers line fits there. Ramsey will be on Adams, which will be the probably the, the biggest matchup of the week, um, taking away Lattimore versus Evans, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But I'm 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 on the I'm on the Rams here, and I'm also going to say that I'm I'm predicting a a lower scoring grind them out game because I'm on the under bill, so I'm just going I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from you for this game. Whereas mm. you like Green Bay and the over, I'm going the Rams in the under. I'm I'm thinking this will be a little bit more grindy, a little less high flying. We're going to start off the weekend with a with a bit of a, a game in the in the trenches in in Lambeau Field, although the weather's not supposed to be a factor. Like it'll be cold, but not like debilitatingly cold. Um, Craig, uh, what is your opinion on the over/under in this game? Uh, I kind of want the under. I think. Okay, so Craig and I are. I don't on, love it. But... Yeah, we're we're on the opposite of Bill. Uh, anything else you wanted to add to this one, gentlemen? No, I this is. I think this is the game this weekend I'm the least looking forward to. If that makes okay. sense. Do the uh, are either of the Super Bowl representatives in the, playing in this football game? I think that the answer, like, of the four NFC teams, the most likely answer remains Green Bay. Okay. What about you? What do you think, Bill? Is is the uh, is one of the Super Bowl participants playing in this football game? I would say, yeah. I I think at this point, Green Bay's got to have the edge. I don't want to see Green Bay there, so I'm hesitant to say yes. Uh, but they're they're still a very good team. So I, I like Green Bay to get there. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, th- I think the Packers, it, it'd be tough sledding for me to think that the Packers are going to lose to any of the NFC teams, at least not till the conference final. Uh, 8-15, Saturday night, the Baltimore Ravens head into Buffalo. Man, that's going to be a lot of time for Bill's Mafia to get, uh, let me just say, fueled up, as it were, <laughs> for this particular game. Um this line opened up at and so goddamn much. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Well, we're still gonna get some footage. Uh, this line opened up at Bills minus one and a half uh, on Tuesday. It was Bills minus two, and it has now settled at Bills minus two and a half. So we are up a a point since it opened up on Monday. Uh, over under has also moved down a little bit. It started at fifty one and a half, then was down. Or sorry, it started at. 50 and a half then got down to 50 or uh then yeah then just got down to 50 and is now down to 49 and a half uh tail of the tape buffalo number one uno in dvoa baltimore number six records against the spread bills 11 and five best team against the spread not named the miami dolphins who also were 11 and five the baltimore ravens 10, 5, and 1. So both teams pretty equally good against the spread. I wrote down Buffalo at the minus 2. So if you guys want Buffalo, we'll, we'll, we'll give it away at the minus 2 for this game. I did not get on it early enough to get the 1.5, unfortunately. But if, if you want that extra half point, I will give it to you. Craig, where are you on Bill's Ravens? I want Buffalo. Okay. I, th- I just think they move the ball enough. And I, I understand that the way to move the ball on Baltimore is not quite what... Uh, what the Bills want to do. I just think the Buffalo comes out with a good enough game plan and they're okay. I think this is a high scoring game. I want the over in this game, but I think the Bills are the, uh, are the winners. I quite frankly trust Allen 
to uh, to be in a good spot here more so than I trust Jackson. Okay, Billy, how do you feel about this? And, and maybe, maybe more, maybe more accurately, mm-hmm. um, I trust Allen with Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and John Brown than I do Jackson with Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, I guess, and some other guys. Mm-hmm. Which is a big difference. That that's where the biggest talent difference is on these teams. My my take on like first off, I I. W- we would come on this podcast and, you know, I would make jokes about how uh, if if Lamar lost that game, you know, the, the joke I kept making was if Lamar lost that game, then Clayton Kershaw got to tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey, this belongs to you now. And it was going to be the playoff uh, monkey on the back, which is, you know, dumb because he played two games. But it's I, – I didn't it, – it, it was also kind of – like it flipped for me the other side where after they got that win against the Titans – they were like, oh, you know, well, Lamar's got it all figured out now. And I'm like, well, does he really? Because he was frighteningly inaccurate throwing the ball still in that he game had, against he had a, the Titans. He had an electrifying touchdown run. But they could have yes. won that game by more than they did, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like take away – now, it's, it's it's so stupid to say. Take away the best play that happened the entire wild card weekend. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, like, take away that play. You know, if you take away oh, that play. Oh, that 48-8. That run where the quarterback danced around the entire defense. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess if that didn't count, the Baltimore might have been in trouble. Exactly. Yeah, unless unless you take away the the play that only one person in the entire league could make, and the guy who could make it made that play. So yeah, I realize it's stupid to to say that, but like if it, it, like he just he did not have a a great ball a, a great game throwing the football. He did it. He did it mostly with his legs. That that play was was just shockingly good. And I, I just don't know if I mean it, it's interesting because the kind of stuff that the Ravens want to do that's the way you want to attack the Bills uh, and that defense and and we mentioned that the Bills have trouble getting off uh, off the field in third down so that that to me what it is what this game is going to come down to can the Bills get off the field on third down uh, Billy what uh, do you think Bills currently minus two and a half Yeah I, I like the Bills here I I do think that they should have beat the Colts by more. Um, but I think they're a much better team and they're a better team than the Ravens. Now I, I think this is going to be a lot closer. I don't think the bills are going to blow out the Ravens. Uh, I like the under here for sure. Cause I don't think these are two decent defenses. I don't think anyone's going to run wild with it. Um, it's supposed yeah. to be windy and cold and a little bit nasty throwing the football on Saturday night in Buffalo, which for me is advantage bill from the perspective of um, if, if I want the guy with the arm strength to cut through that, it is, Allen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also the guys are better. They got better both. route runners too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll see both QBs keep it on the ground quite a bit if it's if it's that rough weather wise because they're both obviously very talented there. Um, but I think the Bills are a better defense and they'll be better at shutting down the Ravens than than vice versa. So give me the Bills and give me the under. All right. Kansas City, assuming that the, the Chiefs are probably assuming they're going to be hosting the AFC Championship game in a week. They're ten point favorites. Mm-hmm. Who do you think like, the Chiefs want? Baltimore to win this game or Buffalo do you think uh I don't think they care <laughs> yeah I think you might be right I think that from a perspective of how the defense is set up I think they would want Buffalo I mean they want Baltimore to win just because mm. Baltimore's defense is just so blitz heavy and Mahomes numbers against the blitz are goddamn absurd yeah uh uh, so I just think that oh yeah we'll take the blitz, we'll take the defense where they blitz all the time I think is what they would do want want but uh, yeah you're probably right where I don't think it really moves the needle for them very much either way. 
I like. I ultimately think it doesn't move the needle, as you suggest, as uh, as you said so succinctly put it there. But I like. I would agree with you that the Raven. It probably tips slightly to the Ravens because also the Ravens don't have comeback ability within their yes. offense. Even though they did, I mean, down ten points is is a. I mean, it's I guess back. horrific. Kansas yeah. City's defense is mediocre. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's is bad yeah uh yeah i think that's true uh i want buffalo to win this game for this perspective if cleveland pulls an upset and i don't think that they will but they, if they do the idea of a cleveland versus buffalo afc championship game i just can't get over how cool that would be mm-hmm. it would you, buffalo, you just yeah. know it would be a classic from the perspective of something horrific is happening to someone you just mm-hmm. wouldn't know who the horrific thing is going to happen to yeah, there's, yeah, something is going to happen to somebody. Some some fan base is going to go through something that scars them for life, and we don't know which of the two fan bases it will be. <laughs> That's very. That would be very intriguing. Don't think it's going to happen, but it. it I think it it's unlikely. Be, yes. Yeah, very intriguing. Uh, I want I'm, I'm on the table on Sunday, so go Bills. Yeah, go Bills. Yeah. Um, I'm with Bill. Uh, 100%. I'm backing you. So we 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 flipped it completely on the on the on the first game, Bill, and we are completely on the on the same spot on this one. Give me the Bills, and I'm gonna take the under as well on on the 50 points. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I just think it'll be a, a as Craig mentioned, supposed to be a bit of weather, supposed to be a little bit of a factor. Probably not too great that it'll affect the outcome of this football game, but uh, I. I think it'll I, hurt the under I a little just, bit more so if, i like the under if the, wind is, if the buffalo wind is whipping around the arm strength difference between these two quarterbacks as far as the zip they put on the ball is a factor significant is it's yeah. like in fact other than mahomes who is there anyone that you would sort of think when you're thinking of like oh man that guy can really zip the ball other than mahomes is there anyone that really ranks above allen i don't think so yeah, and maybe. jackson like Rodgers, like left in the playoffs, yeah. you mean? Because like I would say Rodgers. Like, oh, yeah, NFL Rod- period. I think that I think Rodgers maybe a few years ago would be on Allen's level. I don't maybe, think he's yeah. quite. Stafford anymore. still got a lot of zip on the ball, yeah. even though he's always that, busted up. But he's yeah, he's he's certainly in the top five for that, no question. Yeah. Uh, whereas Jackson, I think, would be among the bottom five NFL starters as far <laughs> yeah. as that type of ability, because he's more you know. Um, but of course, that's not why he's a great quarterback, but that's just. Uh, Mm-hmm. He, he the, the the arm strength difference between the two players is significant. Is all I'm trying to say. It is what it is. So it sounds like we've got the first the first lay uh, section of our of our ticket here is is Buffalo minus the two. Let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can find another one to put together this weekend. So we head on into Sunday, and the Cleveland Browns. I you know I came on last week and I I was I was so confident because I mean we we'd seen enough evidence that. You can't go into these COVID games without your coaching staff in order. You just can't. And they weren't just missing a a, a regular coach. They were missing the guy that's probably going to win coach of the year. Although, did his coach of the year, like, uh, candidacy take a hit because uh, his team won a playoff game for the first time in their existence without while he was in his basement pacing around like a madman probably? Um, but, I would hope not. Because yeah, I no. still think you get point <laughs> signing that game plan. I know you're joking, but yeah. Um, but like, yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah. I it just, was a great game. It, it was a great game. Now, I, I just I, I did not enter it like like Cleveland Browns winning that football game did not enter my my just it did not enter my brain space one iota leading up to that game. I will fully admit that. Um, that said, sometimes. The no effing way game occurs in the middle of the playoffs, 
and the no effing way game occurred in <laughs> for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The second the first snap of the game happened, that game was O V E R, and it was it, it was like it was. I hate to bring it up, Craig, but not since your 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 uh, your Broncos took on the Seahawks in that Super Bowl, which unfortunately for us, hoping for an entertaining back and forth football game, um, not not since that has there been a playoff that game was, where the no effing way the game was no effing way game since Super Bowl forty eight. Yep. Yeah. Whereas it's like very early in the game, you're like, oh, one of these two teams just has absolutely zero chance to win this football game. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was the biggest one since Super Bowl forty eight, and uh, I did not enjoy Super Bowl forty eight. Um, well, you got well, Super Bowl but, 50, though, which is great. Well, so. there you go. And that's, that's takes away what, some uh, of the sting. That yeah. takes away a lot of the sting. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I I agree with all that. Uh, it was just a game where you just knew the Pittsburgh. And even there was a couple of times when, you know, Pittsburgh would, oh, man, they just scored a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's down to 12 points, and Cleveland gets the ball back and just, boop, they're in the end zone pretty quickly. Yeah, well, that uh, was the other think... surrender index moment, right? Was was Tomlin at the end of the fourth Tomlin quarter. Yep. Yeah, when he punted the ball down 12 when they had a little bit. Now, I don't believe in the f- momentum. I'm not one of those the, the people who, who believes that or that uh, picking a fight in the middle I, of a hockey game alters the uh, the course of the rest of the football or the rest of that particular game. But that's a story for a different podcast. But like it, it just it, it was just such a dumb decision to punt. And the reason it was dumb is because the Browns defense was sucking wind. At that point, not only not only should he not have punted, he should not have let the clock dri- the last like seven seconds dribble down for uh, at the end of the third quarter because the the Browns like defense was they were they were they were gassed, absolutely sucking wind. Like so, that was a little bit fishy from Tomlin there. And then to to let the the clock dribble out, go to the fourth quarter after a TV timeout, and then punt was unconscionably bad to me. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I couldn't agree more so, uh, on that subject entirely. Um, what I did, yeah, just it's it's fourth and two. You take the delay game penalty. But again, so Cleveland gets the ball at their own 20 after that. They only have the ball in their possession for two minutes and 20 seconds because Nick Chubb uh, rips off a 40-yard, uh, well, it wasn't a run, it was a, it was a pass, but still. Nick Chubb runs off a 40-yarder for a touchdown. So Cleveland didn't kill a lot of the clock, but... You know, you're the Steelers, you have the ball down 12 and you have to do something. And then all of a sudden, the next time you touch the ball, you're down 19. So even though Pittsburgh wound up scoring in that possession to make themselves down 12 once again, uh, Cleveland scored every time they had the ball the rest of the game, with the exception of the drive when Mayfield kneeled it out. So if you're Tomlin, you have to be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, Cleveland scoring almost every time they have it. How about we just keep the ball for ourselves? You would think. Yeah, it was it was bizarre that he made that decision because I don't I don't expect so that. It didn't matter at that point. It, it yeah. like it it didn't matter. Yeah, they they had gotten I think a, a three and out or the last couple of drives. So that's why Cleveland's defense is sucking win. But field was like you you like all you got by punting in that situation, all you earned yourself was twenty eight yards of field position. How in the hell is that worth possession of the football? Twenty eight yards of field position. That is just no. Really, really bad. Not only that, yeah. but if if they'd have got that four and two, and then gone down and scored a major, and then all of a sudden it's a five point game with twelve minutes and left, and gets the ball back, and he's thinking to himself, "Yeah, have to score on this possession. If we don't score, we are going to lose." Yeah, and the Cleveland fans, all that DNA that that's still you know in there is going to start creeping back, and we're going to be like, "Are are you kidding me? There's twelve minutes left. There's an entire quarter left." 
and and we're you know only up five and if we you know if if we fumble the ball here we're losing right like like it's just a that was fundamentally altered by john elway yeah uh, right like it's exactly like all of a sudden yep. we would have had we would we could have had like the fumble two or something like yeah. that right like or, it just... five two or whatever there's all sorts of different bad things that could have happened yeah. but yeah no, uh, it was a bad decision i'm sure that every single browns fan in the world was just thrilled when pittsburgh punted that football yeah absolutely um it's also kind of weird that ben roethlisberger in in the game that was the no effing way game where the steelers really didn't have a chance to win the football game at all time set the nfl record for most passing yards in a single game well someone said on the post game show i forget which of the the guys it was was like well you know how often do you see a guy lose when he throws for 500 yards in the game i'm like well regularly yeah. Like, no, like, like, like if, if you, you went into that football game thinking to yourself, well, we need to throw 500 yards or that's the yeah. game plan of the day. We're going to have to drop back 60 times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think the 500 yards have a, like a positive or negative win loss? Like I, I, haven't looked at 50. It, I would be floored if it was positive. And yeah. the games, the games with the guy with 500 yards won, I would suspect that the other team's guy would have been at or close to that number. Yeah, I five a better running yeah. game. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I'm thinking, like the uh, the highest passing yards game in Broncos history was Jake Plummer, I believe, and he had a 500 yard game for Denver. Um, but I like it was against Atlanta, and and Michael Vick didn't have quite that, but it was close to that. It was just a game where, oh yeah, everyone's scoring every time. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna look that game up. But yeah, it was just, a, and so maybe in situations like that, you win when you have 500 yards. But yeah, I would be floored if the record was. Uh, well, was was like, better than 500. I just don't think it would be. Yeah, and even if it is, it's, it would be slightly above 500. But it sounds like Cleveland was in the prevent defense with seven minutes to go in the first quarter in that football game. Yeah, they were up 21. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, like, well, gotta... All right, you can have like eight-minute touchdown drives. You can have a couple of those. That's fine with us. Yeah, just uh, so bad. Yeah. Anyway, Sunday night, 305. The Cleveland Browns head into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Tale of the tape. The Kansas City Chiefs, seventh in DVOA currently. Cleveland, worst-ranked DVOA team, left uh, with 12. Uh, they're still behind. They're behind Washington in DVOA after last week, for God's sake. Uh, the uh, Chiefs were 6-9-1 and against the spread. We've previously mentioned that they were not a great spread team. And the... Sh- Cleveland Browns six and ten, so neither one of these teams were great against the spread all year. The line has been the Kansas City Chiefs minus ten all week. It has not moved, and neither has the over under, which is currently fifty seven. Bill, where are you in this game? Chiefs laying ten coming off the bye week. I, I think I gotta go with the Chiefs here. I, I really. Don't like laying 10 points in a playoff game, especially not in the first round. Um, But the fact that the Browns were able to squeak by, I don't know that they're really good enough to be here. And I am pretty confident the Chiefs are. Um, I I, I can't bet on the Browns in this scenario, so I guess I got to bet the Chiefs. But uh, I'm not loving it. And over under, what's your line? I'm looking at 57. What was yours? I got 57 as well. Okay. Yikes, that's a lot of points. I think I got to hit the over on that, though, because I'll say this about the Browns. They've played a handful of games where the other team keeps scoring, and they've they've kept pace somewhat. Uh, so I'll take the over in this one and the Chiefs. Uh, Craig, where are you on this one? Chiefs given 10. I want the Browns, and I want the over. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. I think I just think 10's too many, and I think that Cleveland will have the ability to control the clock here a little bit and kind of chew some of that up with that great run game. And here's the other reason. Joel Batonio, back from the COVID-19 list. Uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski, back from the COVID-19 list. But the biggest one is Denzel Ward back from the COVID-19 list. I think that game against Pittsburgh would have looked a lot different if he was out there because Cleveland's down to playing, you know, fifth and sixth corners. All of a sudden you get Denzel Ward back, who's like, a, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber guy. Um, your secondary looks a lot better because everyone slots down a guy, right? So I think that, that you're going to see uh, Cleveland keep this game, you know, competitive. Uh, I think that both teams are going to be able to score some points. Kansas City will score. Do not get me wrong. Kansas City is going to score points, and Kansas City is going to win this game, but I want the 10 points. I'm going to sort of disagree with you there, Craig. I just think Cleveland plus 10 with the over is going to be the most square ticket of the week, is it not? Like, that's going to be the most publicly... Betting against Mahomes? I think so. I th- I think I think I-, I think the groundswell on the Chiefs or on the Browns right now after what they did Sunday night. I, I think they they seem to have this. They've gained the public's like nobody believes in us sort of thing or team of destiny, whatever that whatever kind of narrative you want to use to fit it. I I the the public seems to be all over that because there's a lot of tickets on the Browns plus ten with the over. I I think that's going to be the most. Um, I think that's going to be the most public ticket of the week is, is people are going to be taking the Cleveland plus 10 with the over. And I am going the complete opposite way. I am going Chiefs. I'm laying the 10. And, you know, it's serious when Matt Pierce is laying this much, especially in a playoff game. But I'm laying the 10, so I'm taking you, Bill. But I'm going to go against the pair of you guys. I'm going to take the under. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the under. I, I, I was also a little bit incorrect earlier when I said the overline hasn't moved at all this week. The overline was actually 56 and a half when it opened up. So it bumped up to 57. So it moved an extra half point due, due to the overwhelming action coming in on the over from the public. Um, I'm on the under 57 with the chiefs. I think, I think this is just a classic, like Andy Reid coming off a of bye week and, Neither of these teams have been covering the the spread all year, so that's that's really it's really uh, really weird, and uh, it's just there with uh, I, I'm I'm trusting the Andy Reid coming off a buy thing that we do. I know the Chiefs. It's just the it, I mean the public perception on this one is the Browns team of destiny and the Chiefs this high flying offense basically haven't been been covering in they they just haven't been covering in forever. Like it's just they 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 have not been blowing teams out in in these games. Like here here are, are uh, here are their last few games. Uh, now they blew out Los Angeles in in the last game of the season, but but well, no, he, oh sorry yeah they sorry they lost it they lost to Los Angeles with their but with their. Uh, the conversation here no. Yeah, that that let, let's take that game out of the conversation. But three. Three, six, eight, no, six again, three, four, two. Uh, those were their last, uh, th- those were their margins of victory in the la- in the in their seven wins prior to the week 17 game. And then after that, they blew out the Giants, for God's sake, in uh, in in the beginning of November. Yes, so they, uh, yeah, right. Jets, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and even the, the blowout win they had against Denver. Uh, that was Denver's offense shooting themselves in the foot. Like Mahomes didn't do much in that game. No, yeah, that Mahomes. Was... Chad Henney came in and he he threw more touchdown passes, I think, than uh, 
than uh, Mahomes did, or got, the exact same number. Like they Chiefs threw one. Or... Was, the Chiefs defense was the fantasy play that week. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and then even uh, so, the week before that, obviously they they played a game against Buffalo where they just ran it a ton, but Buffalo was essentially begging them for it. So the Chiefs have not like you know dismantled anyone uh, very much this season, which is part of the reason why I thought the ten was the way to go, and I think that the Browns are getting some important people back. Yeah, I mean it's not. It, it's it's not illogical thinking for, for that's for sure, but I just I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking the Chiefs uh, get down to business here. But uh, I mean, there's also the like the also the narrative for the, for taking the Browns would be the Chiefs uh, got off to some slow starts last uh, last uh, during their playoff run their Super Bowl run last year. And if you get off to a slow start against this Browns team, that's just not something you want to do because this Browns team uh, with their running backs they will grind you away. They have the they have the you ability want to put to be on your side. Yeah. That's exactly. Because the way that this Browns offense runs is uh, they run the ball obviously well, and then everything else runs off of play action. So if you're a linebacker and you know your team's up 21, you don't really have to pay much attention to play action, do you? No. So it just it gives you that extra half step and it just opens up so much for your defense as far as what you're doing. So, uh, yes, starting fast is definitely the key. And the two games that the Browns have uh, – or the yeah the games the Browns have played poorly this year, which is the outing against Baltimore, the first one, the outing against Pittsburgh, the first one. Uh, that's been exactly what's happened. They've had the game get away from them the first quarter, and they've been done for. Um, so you can't have that if you're Cleveland. Uh, will Kansas City get that? I'm I'm saying they're not. They won't. All right. Uh, like I said, I'm going to disagree. You're on you're on the Browns and the over. I'm on the Chiefs and the under. Uh, last game of the week. The Old Man River game, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head into New Orleans to take on the Saints, the three-for uh, match of the year between these two teams. But uh, the Saints won the first two quite handily. I, I, it's like 62-16 to 16 or something was the combined score in the two games. That's probably not exactly accurate, but but like shockingly close to how one-sided it was. Uh, the Bucks and the Saints... Tail of the tape. Uh, Tampa Bay, three in DVOA. New Orleans, fourth. So the closest matchup in DVOA of the week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nine and seven against the spread. And the New Orleans Saints were nine, six, and one. So basically the exact same record against the spread. The This line opened up at Saints, minus three and a half. So you could you got that extra half point hook on the Bucks. If you uh, if you got to it Monday morning, unfortunately I did not. Uh, it has now been bet down to Saints minus three. So the Saints getting the three point home bump uh, over for this game has stayed at uh, fifty one and a half for the entire week so far. Bill Saints minus three. Where are you on this football game? I I feel like I gotta go Saints here. I, I, it seems like just a very we'll call it a square play like uh, like Mr. Pierce would say, mm-hmm. um, but like they're, they've just been a better team and consistently, and the Bucks have had some brilliant games, absolutely brilliant. Um, but to watch the Saints embarrass them twice, and then well, you're only given three and it's in New Orleans, like y- you watch the Saints beat them twice and you got to think that they're at least a little bit better and deserve more than just a three point bump. Uh, give me the Saints. The line should be higher. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's like, I, I don't, I don't think it's a square play. Cause I don't think, I don't think you can, uh, I don't think you can say when, when it's two relatively even teams, I mean, they're three and four in DVOA, according to the smart people who come up with that math. 
I, I don't think saying that two evenly matched teams and then one of them just gets the three-point home bump in that scenario, I don't think either side is technically a square play. But um, I, I would agree with you if, if, if you consider the square play to be that the, the public is going to be on the Saints in this one, which I think it seems like based on the amount of tickets that are coming or the, uh, yeah, the amount of tickets that are coming in on the Saints that the public is going to be on the Saints, which yeah. the public, well, the public would be, yeah. Yeah, if you look at those two games during the season, how how does the public not end up on the Saints there? You know what I mean? Like, you, you see two uh, times where this. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just gonna say I've got some numbers on these uh, on the uh, two games during the season thing that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. This is the 22nd time in the Super Bowl era that a team that has uh, been swept by a divisional opponent in the regular season has had to play against a team that uh, swept them in the playoffs. So a team looking to beat them for three times in in one season. The team that uh, is looking for the three-game sweep has been successful in acquiring that sweep 67% of the time in the Super Bowl era. The last three times were the Saints and Panthers in 2017. The Saints completed the sweep. They got the Cowboys and Eagles in 2009 and the Steelers and Ravens in 2008. Uh, The last team to avoid the three-game sweep uh, was the 2004 Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers, which featured the very famous Randy Moss fake mooning the crowd situation. Um, so yeah, 21 <laughs> times, 21 times it's happened in NFL history. The team uh, that has a chance to win three against the other team is 14 and seven. So not only is the uh, axiom well, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Incorrect. It uh, is actually uh, more likely than not, based on what we've seen so far in the history of the NFL. Buck was a little over the top on the on his call of the Buck Randy Moss fake moon, right? Just <laughs> yeah, like if, if he if he had yeah. actually moved the crowd, exactly, the yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that would have been the reaction he should have had if Randy Moss actually pulled down, if, if he actually BA'd the uh, the Packers faithful in Lambeau there. That probably would have been his. It should have been an appropriate reaction, but fake mooning him uh, is a little funny, right? Like, <laughs> uh, that that touchdown, by the way, is incredible. If you watch that play again. Uh, it's like, you know, that wasn't the route, but Randy Moss saw something. He starts running his route and you see him. He just like, he looks at Culpepper and just points. And then he just like takes a beeline for the end zone and Culpepper's like, all right, we'll see. And he chucks it down there. And of course, Moss catches it for a touchdown because it was awesome. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was the time when it, uh, it did not go the way of the team that had won twice in the regular season. So that really, you really just poked a lot of holes in that dumb saying of, uh, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times in the end, one season in the NFL. I'm looking at all right? 21 instances of this in NFL history right now in front of me as far as yeah. I got the numbers. Uh, and yeah, the most famous one was 1999 when the Titans uh, got the three-game sweep against Jacksonville because they were in the same division. I guess they're still in the same division now, but they are both mm-hmm. in AFC Central at the time. The Jacksonville Jaguars in 1999 lost three games all season. Mm-hmm. All three against the Tennessee Titans. Oh, good lord! <laughs> that was the AFC title game that the Titans move on to the Super Bowl and lose a somewhat close game. Uh, but yeah, that's what I think. Jacksonville makes the Super Bowl and probably gives the Rams as good a shot, if not better, a shot than the Titans did. If the Music City Miracle doesn't happen, it's one of those what ifs. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Billy, so Billy's on the minus three. How do you feel about the uh, fifty-one and a half, Bill? Yeah, I. I think i'm gonna say the under I, I don't see this being as high i think the saints will get their points i think the saints defense will be the difference maker here so give me the under uh we talked about the 
uh, we talked about the Ramsey versus Adams matchup on Saturday night, Sunday. This will be the uh, the the Lattimore versus Evans thing, where Evans has um, been he struggled. He has struggled very mightily against Lattimore, and to me, oh. I wonder here's how the... much. Sorry, go ahead, Craig. I was going to say that uh, here's the thing about that. Just compare, like compared to the over the years version of the Bucks. One, mm-hmm. uh, let's just say, like. I think Tom Brady, if you said to him, you're not going to be able to throw the ball to Mike Evans once in this game, he might be willing to say, well, okay, how are we going to move the ball otherwise? We're going to throw it to Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. Seems like it might work. Uh, whereas Jameis Winston would say, well, i got to throw to Mike 15 times, or else what, am I, or else what are we doing here? And Jameis Winston would do that, and the balls would be incomplete or intercepted or whatever it happens to be. So uh, even from the perspective of, which offense do you trust more if the elite corner takes the elite receiver out of the game? I trust the Buccaneers to figure things out because their guy, their pass catchers beyond Evans are the heck of a lot better than the Packers pass catchers beyond Adams. And I, I wonder how much of Brady forcing the ball a little bit to Antonio Brown is kind of getting them ready for this game. I, I wonder. I just, I, I wonder if that's in the They've back been of doing Brady's. That this season and, yeah, and they I, certainly, they went to his way quite a bit. I think more so than anybody, they went his way uh, in mm-hmm. the game against uh, Washington football. Actually, uh, Brown had – oh, wow. Sorry, I'm thinking of the the, the, the previous game. But, uh, yeah, uh, Evans Evans wound up with uh, with 10 targets for 119 that game. Godwin had 12 targets. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a situation where they were just uh, trying to find out ways to uh, to move the ball, and they uh, and they found them, so – We'll see if that's something that uh, continues to happen for them. I don't know the status of uh, they had Fournette run 19 times for 93 yards, and they like Fournette more as a pass blocker, but I'm interested to see what Ronald Jones is up to because I think running it a little bit more against the Saints might not be a bad idea. Um, before we get into more gambling specifics, I wanted to ask you guys two questions uh, last about last weekend. One, was Tyler Heineke the most accurate quarterback who – played last weekend because i uh, kind of thought he was like you could make it you could make an argument for josh allen but like allen i you know the throws were there and he made them so i don't want to take anything away from him but man tyler heineke had like three or four or maybe even five throws where i was just like that is a gorgeous dime over a re- like when a receiver was in between like you know the the corner is underneath him and the safety is above him and he dropped it in the bucket and that happened like three times part of a, a big time cover uh from tyler heineke in the playoffs i don't know what where do you make of that uh he was good um mm-hmm. i think he was he was real good but uh so yeah let me to see sort of what happens with uh with heineke going forward he definitely um, played himself into a job somewhere next year, I think, right? Like, like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be on somebody as a starter next year, right? Yeah. See, I I, I don't know if he's going to be a starting yeah, quarterback. starter maybe, but, but a he's job gonna go into he's gonna be in one of those situations where he goes into camp with a chance to get the job. Is yeah. What I suspect going on. Maybe, maybe. Depending on where he goes, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. other the, it's Washington football team. If Washington brings in, you know, pick a guy to be sort mm-hmm. of the the, the 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 competing quarterback in this situation. Trade for uh, Deshaun Watson. Trade for Deshaun Watson. Trade for Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Although Deshaun Watson leaving the Texans because he's like, I don't like this toxic working environment, and then being like, please <laughs> yeah. take me to Washington. Probably not the line. <laughs> I had a exchange <laughs> about that with a guy named Joe Rolls, who's a Broncos writer on there, and yeah. uh, he's he said, oh, Cal McNair, you know, he's he's got to be the the worst. Uh, no one's worse than Cal McNair at owning an NFL team. And I said, what about Daniel Snyder? And he's like, well, he's a different kind of bad, just from the perspective of. 
he's also a bad person. Whereas Cal McNair might be, you know, a nice enough person, just really, really crappy owning an NFL team. Well, I, I think that's a fair distinction. I think it's yeah. a fair distinction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, if I like, to me, the deal is. Uh, you say to the Texans, do you want your third overall pick back and two of Tagovailoa? Cool. You have to give it to yeah, someone that's Yeah, I've seen that bandied about. And and I say, if it feels good, do it. <laughs> I, You're if, right. If, you are a Super yeah. Bowl contender. Like, you'd need to sign a receiver, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are a bunch of those guys who are free agents. But yeah. if you are Miami, do that, you are Lions a Super Bowl Lions got contender. two of them. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, um... There's a there's there are guys who are out there if you need to sign a receiver and the draft I think is, is loaded yeah. too they've, they've got a couple yep. picks so so they've got a couple picks so I there's suspect, some... uh, to me to me to me the team and they just hired Urban Meyer today uh, Jacksonville is going to be uh, Jacksonville will come away from this with a receiver if if they don't and I'm Trevor Lawrence's people I'm furious but I'm very confident that Jacksonville will get one of those elite free agent receivers that I just mentioned yeah yeah, yeah I I would agree with you. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you guys, did you catch any of the Nickelodeon broadcast? Uh, no. Okay. Oh. I I did. I watched a little bit of it because, again, I was watching it on, on streams uh, while I was at, at work. And I, I watched the first half um, with uh, with the Nickelodeon broadcast, which made that first half more entertaining because it was 7-3. And then I switched over to uh, Romo and Nance because, man, what do we got to do to get Romo and Nance a good, an honest-to-goodness good playoff game, right? Like, for the love of God. Um, I just – it was fun. I got to say it was fun, and I love that we were trying new stuff, and it was exactly what it should be, and it was targeted for kids, obviously. But it just reinforced the theory that you and I have had for a couple of years now, Craig, and it's just that Nate Burleson needs to be calling football games. Like, ESPN needs to back up the Brinks truck and get him on Monday Night Football. It, it That man is like going places he's already got way too many jobs because he's doing so many he's, he's got he's on like he's on like gma and football in the morning and everything and he's 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 calling game but he needs to be calling games that man is brilliant and just has a great personality and and charisma out the wazoo and it just like i'm i'm a huge huge nate burleson stan and he needs to be calling football games and and yeah espn just has to back up the truck that's that, that's all I got to say about that. Um, that said, let's get back to Buck Saints. Uh, Craig, where are you on Buck Saints? Saints minus three. I think I want New Orleans because I trust the defense okay. a little more. All right. And I think I'm going to take the under. Okay. So you guys got yourself a little ticket there with uh, New Orleans. And the under, I am going to be on the opposite end of the spectrum because I'm taking Tampa Bay with the over. I think I think the under in this game is, um, I I think I think the the I don't know. I think they're baiting us to take the under in this game, which is why I'm I'm taking the over. So maybe I'm I'm you know doing a DJ Khaled. Uh, you, congratulations, you played yourself. But I I, I just I just think that. They, they put it up there in the 50 zone because you know people are going to look at it and be like, oh, it's old man Breeze who threw the – like, Breeze looked like he was throwing the ball like 10 miles – like, the ball was like 10 miles an hour. It looked like Bugs Bunny's slow pitch from that old friggin' like, uh, Warner Brothers cartoon when when he was releasing the ball last week. But And then, you know, the Bucks were, were uh, you know, no great shakes and gave up a lot to Washington. I, I just think we're going to see, see, like the, – The Breeze – the – Sean Payton and Drew Brees, I think, have figured out this Todd Bowles defense. If you look at his numbers against them over mm-hmm. the years, uh, 
It's not what you want if you're yeah. Tampa Bay. I just think, uh, I think we're I think we're going to score. The way they figured it out is not well. We're chucking over the top on you every time because that's not the way it's gone. It's we're going to have just this nice slow drive. We're going to get seven yards every play, and we'll see you in the end zone. And yeah. that leads me to believe that yeah, they'll score, but it's not going to be every single time they have the ball, and it's not going to be drives that take three minutes. It's going to be drives that take seven minutes, and mm-hmm. so that's why I like the under. Yeah, that's fair. I just think I think the final score of this game is going to be similar to the the one the Bucks had last week, where it was like thirty one twenty three type of thing. Like like not not an outrageous score like we saw in in Pittsburgh uh, in, in Pittsburgh Cleveland, but just you know, nice middle range. Both teams get over fifty, like you know, like a thirty five twenty four sort of finish. I think maybe. Um, yeah, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. Tampa Bay plus the five. Uh, plus the uh, Tampa Bay plus the over. It's the only over. I'm. I'm I'm picking this week. I just, uh, yeah, I, uh, um, I, I honestly don't know why I'm, I'm taking the bucks, but I am, I, I don't have a, maybe I just can't shake the Tom Brady thing. Maybe it's just cause I'm, I'm really hoping for Brady versus, uh, Rogers right. in, in the NFC championship game. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because the saints have, you know, choked and gagged on it the last three years in the playoffs. I, I don't know. I just may, maybe I think I think I'm ta- uh, I'm just I'm, I'm on Tampa Bay. That's is, fair. Is what it is. Yeah. What who if, if what matchups do you think the NFL wants next week? Oh, they uh, want it definitely. They they want Bills Chiefs and Packers Packers Bucks. I think for sure. Yeah. I I think they're happy with either. They want the Rams the hell out of here. That's that's yes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the one thing I know for certain. They want the Rams the hell out of there. They want the Packers. I think they'd be happy with either Packers and because uh, like you're getting either you're getting Rodgers versus Breeze or you're getting Rodgers versus Brady. They'll be able to sell that. I think they would prefer Brady. And uh, in the a- in the AFC, um, in the AFC they can sell any of the matchups because uh, like let's say we get you mentioned Browns Bills. They can sell that as the two insane <laughs> yep. fan bases. Any matchup involving the Chiefs is, is is automatically like, hey, the Chiefs are still here and they're going for the, uh, oh. you know, they're they're yeah. going. It's Mahomes and they're going for the back-to-back Super Bowls. And and if it's them versus the Bills, it's like the two most high-flying offenses of the season. And if you get Chiefs Brown, Chief or uh, you get Browns Ravens, you get a uh, AFC North showdown for uh, like you get the the trifecta for. You know, between two division and, rivals. Uh, if, Lamar, if Lamar's in there, that's fun too. For, for yeah, Baker Lamar. versus Lamar for a trip to the Super Bowl. But like, but yeah, the, the only thing I know for certain is they want the Rams the hell out of here. <laughs> is they do not want the Rams upsetting the Green Bay Packers. That that's the the one thing that that I think they don't want. And even then, they'll be able to spin it as Sean McVay up to it again, right? Like, you know, yep. so. But yeah, Rams is the only yeah, one we'll where they're like, get the hell out <laughs> for for sure. Uh, as for the Mahomes thing you just mentioned. I'm going to say this for next week, but I'll say it now. Um, Bart Starr, Bob Greasy, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, John Elway, Tom Brady. Those are your quarterbacks who have won back-to-back Super Bowls. That's a pretty pretty elite group to be in. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is three games away. 
That's true. Could happen. Uh, Yeah, so that is it. Uh, Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, so please leave us a review on there and listen to us to pump up our numbers on those platforms as well. That would be much appreciated. Uh, That is it for this week. We We don't have any other podcasts planned. We will be back next week with a pair of you guys to break down how, what happens in the divisional games and then place our bets on the conference championships. After that, it's nothing but glorious, glorious Super Bowl stuff. Um, yeah, so that will be so good. Um, as far as the other side of the podcast, I'm pretty sure this Sunday before the Super Bowl, during the Super Bowl's bye week, is the Royal Rumble. So Mac will probably be on to talk. We're, we're going to gamble on the Royal Rumble as uh, I am off to do every year. God, I love the Royal Rumble. It's pretty fun to gamble on guys. I got to tell you. Um, but yeah, so we'll be doing that. And uh, yeah, that one division show starts on Friday. So I imagine we'll, we'll come on and talk about that soon, but uh, yeah, great stuff coming up. Um, as always, Craig, Bill, Great having you guys on. Love talking to you every week. And uh, hopefully we do a little bit better with our picks this week. Uh, Take care, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Crossover Podcast.